It's been two long years since this pandemic started and we're still in it. But what's clearly emerging is asking the question, what goes and what stays out of the chaos of the last two years? And while this is a difficult conversation, in today's episode, we talk about the importance of asking the question for organizations and individuals, how I want to be going forward, where I want to be going forward, and what's important in my organization and personal life. Uh, and that's an opportunity. It's a tough conversation, but an opportunity. Uh, and asking that question is important of every leader and ODA practitioner in this country and the world. So asking the question, what goes and what stays given the current reality uh, is one that if not answered or not asked, uh, will ultimately lead to a company's demise. And by the way, uh, I made reference to uh, a yogurt uh, founder, CEO of Chobani, and I, for the life of me, I couldn't remember his name. Uh, his name is Hamdi Yulakeya. And he's a Turkish businessman, he's an activist, uh, he's of Kurdish descent, uh, but he's here in the United States. He's the owner, founder, chairman, and CEO of Chobani, which probably, you know, is the number one selling string yogurt brand uh, in this country. So I want to encourage you to listen to his TED Talk, The Anti-CEO Playbook, uh, and of course do this after listening to today's episode. So come in, grab a snack, and join the conversation. Hello, Bob. Hey, Joyce. <laughs> How are you? Oh, well, you know, I've been musing a lot and um, in my own life sort of saying I want to create the trajectory for my work for the next three to five years. And I don't stand on firm ground doing it in the sense that I have too many balls in the air. I have my I Pray Anyway series and um, my book, uh, CEO Note to Self, Blind Spots of Power. I have family. So thinking about the future when you can't see the shape is motivating and also really demotivating. It's kind of scary and vague. And so and then I was thinking of uh, businesses and I thought work without walls kept coming to mind for me. We have, we are, I, I think that's going to be a huge shift and I'm very interested in it. You know, there people are talking about having a hub business where you just come to the hub like for big meetings or get-togethers but the work is all dispersed <clears throat> we know with automated stuff and artificial intelligence lots of jobs are going to get lost yeah where will that time you know, go and that we'll find a way for people to live now i'm thinking out 25 years or more how you know long-range planning is a joke anyway but I'm just wondering about the opportunity and the anxiety that creates, because that's what I'm experiencing. Yep. So if, if I look at where the opportunity is, uh, it's literally with the people that have shifted because of the pandemic and are working from home and 
being able to do their own schedules, get uh, leisure time, exercise time while doing their jobs. And they don't want to give it up. Uh, so they love, um, not 100%, but most love the freedom of being able to, to schedule their own lives. The anxiety, I think, comes from typically those people that are uh, the leaders and the managers that somehow uh, feel a need that we got to bring people back to the building. And if we, um, if we let people stay at home, they'll kind of slack off. Um, and then I had one person, I think it was a conspiracy theory, say, I'm hearing that, that literally people are resisting because they, under the table, they get two or three jobs. Uh, you know, they've, no, I'm serious. And oh, I and love I it. Said, it I love it. I, and I, why I said, not? I, and I, that's what I said. I said, Hey, if you're getting what you need from that person, why not? So I think the anxiety is somehow, you know, uh, leadership needing kind of a line of sight to employees being under one tent, if you will. I'm remembering a phrase for the future that I used at some point was, um, well, it was work without walls, actually. <laughs> but then think of the productivity. I'm thinking about somebody that can do three jobs. Yeah. Well, so think of the lost productivity that comes from being under one roof. All the conversations, oh, yeah. all the, you know, but um, I forgot what I was going to say about the other thing. Um, and I think I see in school, too, I see my two granddaughters get done in three hours. What would have taken a whole day and how bored they would be to go back to that unless there was a lot of recess. In other words, how, yeah. how much wasted time is there through trying to be too uniform. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, I using education schools as an example, uh, you know, particularly up in Maine in the Northeast, um, you know, uh, there's going to be no more school days uh, where it snows and they call off school. It, it'll all flip to virtual. Uh, at least that's what they're doing here in North Carolina. We don't have much opportunity, but there's no more you know, days yeah. off, they, they've innovated to be able to say, we've got the technology to, to flip it uh, and still have school. <laughs> that makes me so <laughs> sad. You want those snow days. <laughs> oh, they were so delicious and so wonderful. Um, the thought that passed through my head and didn't stick the right before we got into this part was I predicted that the invisible was going to become very important in the next 20 years. The, in other words, morale, purpose, enthusiasm, human connection, um, concentration, attention. Those are all things that you don't touch, yeah. but that are going to become the um, underpinnings of work, mor morale or willingness, willingness to join. We don't have much willingness to join right now, do we? No, I, I, I totally agree. 
Um, there's a, I think, and I think it's healthy. I do too. Uh, there's in, a balancing going on from having given yes. up your life yeah. to show your loyalty to a company. And now we've gone back and tasted. Some of us like it, some of us don't, but the advantages of a home base and like, oh my gosh. I mean, my, some of my adult kids are saying this is going to be when we look back the most yeah. precious time in our lives because we're functioning as a family and working as a family, figuring out who gets to talk the loudest. I mean, you know, how do we all get dispersed to do our um, work online, but able to have lunch together or to cook together or to have a quick hug. It's very compelling. Yeah. I, you know, it's, uh, it, so I'm going to look to my past uh, to at least give an example of why it's an employer's best interest to embrace this shift, embrace mm -hmm. this independence, mm -hmm. embrace this free agency of a workforce. Uh, I remember at least two or three occasions where I had a key person, uh, a woman, who have a child and are opting uh, potentially to leave the company. Mm -hmm. And at least I can think of a number of occasions where I was transparent. I'd say, you know something, that's your choice, but I'd rather have some of you than none of you. Mm -hmm. So can we get creative uh, about working from home, working in off hours? And, and uh, I think that's a model for uh, the future. I do too. And back in Cro-Magnon days, I, I actually <laughs> wrote a policy about working from home or sharing jobs. And yeah. the policy got, quote, approved, but man, did it have a lot of prove your worth first, baby. You know, make sure you're working. Did you put in a load of laundry? Off with your head. So, um, yeah. good pause. Everybody, Joyce is thinking. <laughs> we can't do captions, so I have to. <laughs> jo Joyce, Joyce is taking a pause and contemplating. Well, I was thinking of. Sometimes in a workshop, I use cardboard flames that look like a campfire. <laughs> I do. Tell me more. I use, well, it's kind of like for pods or breakouts or when we all come together, oh, we yeah, bring yeah. everybody has a campfire for when they have small group discussions or whatever. And then they bring their flames back to the large group and it's a larger fire. And um, it makes me happy. Sometimes they fall over. <laughs> Yeah, you, you know, I want to go back to, um, not that I don't want to talk about campfires. I want to go back to something. All right, uh, but we're that, going back that, to that. Remind me, because I'll lose it. Go ahead. Well, no, let's stay here. Let's no, stay with the campfires. No, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> to our audience, this is Bob and Joyce Bickering. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, when you said the invisible, those things that are tough to measure are going to be um, more important or focused on uh, than we have in the past. And, you know, I've heard of companies that are growing rapidly. And at the end of every year, uh, they have a conversation about how do we uh, reshuffle 
people's assignments and their work based mm-hmm. on what the business needs. Yep. And wouldn't it, wouldn't it be great if if there was a collective conversation around the campfire? I got a SPAC there. Yeah, good to uh, know. About, okay, so what did, what were the forces that, that encouraged my satisfaction, my ease of getting the work done, me being with my family, me being at my best uh, work happening? Um, and and kind of re not renegotiate but re shuffle well recalibrate uh, how the work gets done yeah recalibrate thanks and also uh, you know structure can get so calcified that what mm. I like about the idea is periodically and I don't know how often to say who's sick of their job and this year wants to do something different. And who wants to learn something? And um, also to say what I like about it, thing, here are the needs of the organization now. Because our future yep. is getting so hard to predict. For the next year, in a narrative, here's our story. Here's what we need. Here's what's changing. We need many more salespeople. We need many less this. Almost uh, not a workshop, but a marketplace for town marketplace yeah of recalibrating you know in the absence of that <clears throat> uh and i i i uh liked your example or at least metaphor it's like calcification you know hardening yeah uh, uh in the absence of what we're describing what companies end up doing they wake up one day and realize that they're totally out of kilter so their solution is to eliminate you know, this department or to eliminate uh, this priority in a way that is um, uh, disruptive to the, not only the people, but actually the business. Now, what if businesses were <laughs> like every family, you can't get rid of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, so you know, therefore, how to maximize tolerance <laughs> and productivity. Yeah, the CEO, what is that yogurt? Chobani yogurt? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's it's a great story about a guy that uh, that buys an abandoned uh, yogurt factory in northern New York. And, and he committed, he built his organization on what you just described, that, that you were a family and you don't fire your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and how do we create the right environment uh, to have people be at their best and have a life worth living. Uh, he's really a fascinating uh, uh, guy. And if anyone gets a chance to listen to him speak, I wish I could remember his name. Uh, he was really fascinating. I he thinks our business of, model is upside down. I was thinking about how to hire a family. <laughs> well, we want the crabby uncle that dominates. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's the marketing person. Uh. You know, I've, I've worked uh, with uh, a number of organizations consulting that were family businesses. Oh, and, and, I, and, and there's a handful of examples where, where the family, they not only embrace uh, the business with the personal family organization and structure, Meaning, for example, if someone marries into the family, that person gets a, uh, uh, a pro- uh, what are the probationary uh, board 
seat. Um, but they extend it to their employees. So we're, we're a family and we don't, we don't literally um, fire family. Well, I hope they have great family therapists <laughs> available, like <laughs> or good OD people. I did a lot of consulting with business, uh, family-owned businesses when I first came to Maine, and oh gosh, they, they what came out of that work was they needed to set boundaries yeah. about what, what where home started and work ended and all of that. And the bringing people into the family was very tough. And a lot of times a son-in-law or a daughter-in-law would work their rear ends off and were quite talented, but didn't get the recognition of um, certain positions. They never quite made it into the family and it created a lot of irritation. So it's not nirvana. No. But it is staying in the crucible or staying connected. You can't leave. Therefore, how do we make this work? It's like a true partner commitment. You say, we're in this. Now what? Yeah. And what you're describing, which I don't think is being like a family, it's almost there's a caste system. There's the Mm -hmm. core Mm -hmm. blood relatives. Then there are the others. Yeah. Uh, the The reason I said this particular company if you marry into the company, you get a board seat. Now you have to live up to certain standards over a year or two years to keep your board seat. But once you got it, you're, you're not uh, a second rate or second tier uh, family member. And not to get romantic about it is important. I mean, I don't want to say, oh, yes, that's the structure that matters because I've also seen a new leader coming in when the business shifts, having to get rid of the family board members and yeah, yeah, uh, who don't have the business orientation. It's wow, complexity. And huh? yeah, it really uh, is. I I believe and I'm very supportive of family-run organizations and businesses, and they bring a host of challenges, you know, needing a therapist potentially, <laughs> but they also you. bring a clarity around what here is important in. in the business. You're in, that's right. Yeah, uh, how do you leave? I, I think it's an opt-out. You know, you can decide that I wanna be a professional guitar player uh, instead of, uh, you know, flipping hamburgers in our mm-hmm. family business. So I think you, you opt out. I, I'm not sure what this uh, does for our listeners that are in large corporate uh, environments, but I think there's some lessons to be learned with how the work gets done. I do too. And about opportunity and anxiety go hand in hand. Yeah. Uh, don't get overly, this feeling of security in a family business allows for surfacing differences and resolving them. That's a, that's a plus of commitment when you don't have that commitment. Um, How do just as families are doing now, how do you stay connected? I haven't seen 
my West Coast family in two and a half years. And the, the, my grandchildren have gone from kids that want to play cards with me, <laughs> to play Uno with me, to teenagers. So and and so putting that in a business context, what would what would make it work for you going forward? What we have found works is yeah. structured periodic connection, so you know it's coming. Yes. You're not just saying, "Well, I wish we would." That we have learned how to have fun from a distance with a family, not just oh, what are you doing. <laughs> Uh, that we can do something in the moment that brings connection. And, and uh, that's, there's a great way to play bingo with large groups. Um, yeah. So we've, we've uh, created play. Or I'm teaching everybody, think, makes, them, make, makes them nuts, to ask curious questions of one another. So, or we play, you don't know me, which is, yeah, you know how. So we play. And that creates a connection more than uh, we've had a lot of family health problems in the past three years, more than simply dwelling on problems. Yeah. And it sounds what you're describing could easily, not easily, but can be done inside a business with setting yeah. up the structures, setting up the time for play, uh, and setting up the time where you bring everyone under one tent. So it's not yes. like no, never. And you can it's do it just with two thousand people. You can do it with the numbers. Don't prohibit a real connection yeah. through distance. Well, I, all I, right. I, now that you know, we could talk about love <laughs> and talk about invisibility. And what I was saying is that love doesn't have to dwindle without connection. No doubt. Uh, actually, in some instances, can actually be strengthened or re at least reinforced. Uh, you know, well, we've, I, we've I, been all over the place, haven't we? We really have. I was going to throw another thread that may be totally unrelated. Um, oh, Bobby. Yeah. Talk to me. No, you do the thread. <laughs> well, no, I, I it, have it, no it, thread. It, my, my son recently took a new job, uh, and the company's based in Atlanta. He lives about three hours uh, out from Atlanta, and he took the job primarily uh, because he could work remotely. You know, he's, mm. he's worked at the last two years. He loves where he lives, uh, and so that's his deal. And uh, he's come to love his monthly trips to the corporate office. So he goes mm -hmm. down like three days, four days every month, every six weeks. And so he, he actually loves the connection. He loves meeting his, uh, you know, his boss and teammates and uh, having fun with them. Uh, and guess what? He loves it when he heads back home. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's not like one's less than the other richer than the other it's loving it's both two different batteries isn't it and how do we yeah, get it really is how do we keep both of them charged which is there's there we finally have a good ending <laughs> how do you keep both of those batteries charged and creating vitality in the home and vitality at work yep and the risk if you don't no one's keeping their heads down and just continuing doing their work. 
that dissatisfaction is translating uh, to, um, you know, people looking for other better opportunities. So uh, it's important. It's an important conversation. Yay. So with, so with that, um, Joyce, uh, uh, I loved our conversation today and uh, let's go forward. Thinking out loud can be fun. Yes, it can. Scary. Thank you for joining us on the Bob and Joyce podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode and picked up an idea or two to go forward and do great work. For more information, please visit us at bobandjoyce.com. If you like today's podcast, please click subscribe. And even better, give us a quick review on Apple Podcasts. It supports us and helps others to find the show. If you'd like more ODHR content, please follow us on Facebook by searching for Bob and Joyce Podcast. Until the next time, be well and be safe.